Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Back here, final hour today with uh, Pete Shepard here until 8 o'clock, and then we send it out to Oklahoma City Game 4 between the San Antonio Spurs and the Oklahoma City Thunder with the Spurs leading that series two games to one. Right back to your phone call, 617-779-0850, I should say back to your phone calls in just a few minutes. I'm going to check in with WEI.com, Celtic Insider, Paul Flannery. Hi, Paul. Thanks for taking a few minutes on this cruddy Saturday night. Yeah, it's really, it's really horrible out, isn't it, Pete? <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, it's been miserable all day. Miserable all day. All right, let's, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, I think the big question is going to be, how do the Miami Heat prevent Kevin Garnett from doing what he did last night, which is uh, uh, 14 points inside five feet out of his 24 points? Uh, you know, certainly I'm not. I'm realistic. I don't expect the Celtics to, you know, now have this master plan that they're going to outscore Miami and pay 58-46 or get 58 plus points in the paint all the time. But what is Miami going to have to do to stop KG? It's a great question, and especially without Chris Bosh, who I guess has been ruled out for yes. Game Four. Um, I, I feel like his return is more in, imminent than, than some people are, are giving credit for. But without Bosch, they don't really have the size to deal with it. If you can get Kevin that low position, the Celtics did a lot of really nice things offensively to get him down there. They had him rolling on screens really aggressively. And, you know, also credit Rondo for making those passes. Mm-hmm. Those are very difficult passes to make into the post like that when they're fronting him. So I, I expect Miami to play it much better, though. I mean, I, I felt like that was easily their worst defensive game. Even though They gave up 111 the other night, but that wasn't like this. I, sure. I thought it was kind of a lazy defensive game from mm-hmm. Miami, slow rotation, sloppy rotations, that kind of thing. So I expect them to tighten up. But, again, you know, Pete, it's the oldest player in basketball. you got the tallest guy on the court. Get him the ball. That's the it. Ball it, it and let him go to work. Absolutely. And you heard Doc last night say that exact same thing. And I know it sounds simple. Now, the problem, I, I, I think, I try to, you know, just because Doc says it that way doesn't mean it's like an automatic thing. I mean, if it was that easily, they'd be able to do that every single, uh, you know, every single time down the floor. Like you said, there's some great precision passing going on with this team, starting with Rondo uh, and even a few other guys last night. I mean, they they, they they got the ball to him, but there were some very nice plays that if they didn't execute, you know, they executed very well. Sometimes, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't go that way. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, a big key in this, too, is like, Kevin is not, he's not Akeem Olajuwon. You know, he's not a guy that you say, all right, go down on the left block, post up, we're going to get you the ball, turn left shoulder, all that kind of stuff. They need to get him on the move. And the best way to get him on the move is to get stops on the defensive end, get the ball up the court, and get him the ball before they have a chance to get set. Without those stops, it becomes really difficult. You saw it in the fourth quarter when Miami made one of those runs. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is let, let's be honest here. Kevin, Kevin's, Kevin's not a young pup anymore. And by the end of the third quarter, he was gassed offensively. And they're asking him to do a lot of things defensively, too. So that was when Rondo went. And I thought Rondo played an absolutely fantastic floor game in game three. And him being able to match... Miami's, Miami's points so that these 11 to nothing runs didn't become like 15 to nothing mm-hmm. runs and that kind of thing. They did. I thought that was huge in the fourth quarter. So yeah. they, need a, they need a mixture of both. They need, they need both those things. Are you worried at all about one of the most disturbing – oh, first, let me talk – let's stay on Rondo. You tweeted earlier, and I mentioned it at the top of the show. You tweeted it during the Red Sox game I saw it right before I came on. But a phenomenal stat that out of 149 minutes in the series so far, Rondo has played 140 and has just nine turnovers. That is like – that's sick, Paul. It's absurd. And not only that, as a couple of people pointed out, which I would forgotten about, he got four of those turnovers in the first quarter of game one. 
when he was really not playing well. So take those out. We're talking five. You know, he's been he's been great. That's been the two biggest issues the Celtics have had for the last couple of years have been too many turnovers and offensive rebounds. And they beat Miami on the boards in game three, and that was a huge, huge key. And it wasn't just Garnett who's been having to do it all by himself. It was the guards. Rondo had, I think, eight defensive rebounds, mm-hmm. but don't quote me on that. But, um, you know, guys like Marquise, guys like Ray Allen, guys like Rondo, guys like Pierce, were all hitting the boards, and they've been limiting the turnovers, which is so important against Miami because if you turn the ball over against them in a, in a live ball it's setting, it's Track meet. That's right. It ends up being the track meet. Are you concerned about – this is the number that, uh, that concerns me more than anything, and it's the minutes when KG is not on the floor. Last night – Perfect example again. 34 minutes on the floor when he's playing. Celtics outscore the Heat by 27. The 14 minutes he's on the bench. The Heat shoot 16 out of 19 from the field and outscore the Celtics by 17 points. That is alarming. It's absurd. It's absurd. It really is. I and mean, he's been doing this the entire playoffs. It's, I mean, it shows how great Kevin is, really. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, I don't know. I mean, LeBron's been fantastic. I think throughout the whole course of the playoffs, you can make arguments for other guys. I feel like Kevin has been probably the MVP of the playoffs, um, you know, throughout the league, just because of that, because of that kind of number. He is so important to them. And I don't know what they do there, to be, to be honest with you, because, you know, Steve Smith's done a few nice things. He's hurting. Um, Ryan Hollins is going to give you effort, but, you know, it's not always, it's, it doesn't always connect with him. And without him, that's, they've got a serious problem. So you're right. I mean, they have to maximize Kevin when he's on the floor at all times, get the most out of him that you could possibly get, and then hope. And pray, and pray to God that the three blind mice don't, don't hit him with any kind of silly follows early and he gets in follow trouble. That, that's, and thank goodness that hasn't happened thus far. Now, I know in the first quarter we usually see Doc, it's like clockwork. He comes out you know, halfway through the first quarter mm-hmm. and it's fine. But I, I'm hoping it never comes down to any in, in, in this series where he picks up a quick two fouls, just you know, if goofy things can happen in a game or bad calls happen. That's yeah. what worries me. And so far it hasn't, but well, Kevin, Kevin is Kevin is really good at not fouling. Yes. <laughs> so people people will hear that and they'll roll their eyes, but he's very good at not fouling at the point of contact, at the point of when the, his his man has the ball. He's very good at that. LeBron's good at that too. Um, but so Kevin is very very good about staying out of foul trouble. Which you're right. I mean, if he gets in foul trouble, they got a serious problem. Again, the unsung hero for me last night, uh, and I'm sure it's yours, uh, Marquise Daniels. We you and I talked about him uh, a couple of times over the last few weeks during the week. And finally last night, he comes off nine points, five rebounds, 18 minutes. And I think even the more important stat was no turnovers and the way he played defense. That was a terrific effort last night uh, by Marquise Daniels. Dueling as well off the bench played, played terrific. But Daniels, I thought, both, both ends of the floor was, was great. Oh, Keith was great. And, you know, I've only been calling for this for like the last five games. Yeah, <laughs> I've been with you. I've been with you. But seriously, I mean, what he, what he did in that Atlanta series in that game, too, they had to have. He came in and shut down Joe Johnson, which is not nearly the same caliber of player. But he's capable of doing that. I mean, the nine points were just, you know, that was, yeah. that was a revelation. That gravy. was gravy, as yeah. Doc said after the game. But, you know, and I think they need more of it because this small lineup that they use is really, really effective against Miami. And, you know, you need Petrus and you need Keon, and you need another guy. And right now it's Marquise, and, and so I'm assuming he's going to get some more time going into the next one, but he, he could be a game-changer here. Yeah, and, it's, and, he, and part of the reason why he got some of that time, obviously, is, is kind of not for really a good reason, because basket into foul trouble you know, early on in that game. And I, I'm looking for him to rebound and have a nice game for tomorrow as well. I, I, I think, I think we're, we're due for a, a good game out of Bass. He's, he had to be frustrated as hell, yes, last night. 
I think so. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I think I think we are due for a decent bass game. And you know, it's just if you, they they have such a hard time scoring points, if they can get ten to twelve points from Bass, you know, that's that's such a huge difference maker for them. But you know, it's 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 tough for him. He's he's had these series where he hasn't really had a normal matchup. You know, he didn't really have one in the Atlanta series. He doesn't have one in this series. You know, he's got like he's got to go chase Shane Battier around, which is a little weird defensively for him. So, but no, they need more from Bass. They absolutely need more from Bass. You talked about when Kevin goes out. You know, they tried to anchor the, the that small lineup with Brandon Bass. Didn't really work all that well, but they they need more from him. They need him on the court. Quietest 18 points, I think, came from Dwayne Wade, who usually goes to the free throw line about eight times a game and had no free throw attempts last night, even though he finished uh, you know decent shooting night for him, 18 points. It was a very quiet 18 points. He's another one. I would, I would look out for him tomorrow because uh, I, I keep trying to tell everybody that in the NBA, games do not trend the way you think they're going to go. And just because Wade struggled, uh, you know, last night, oh, yeah. it does not mean that it, that is going to be the case tomorrow. So I would, I would look out for Mr. Wade tomorrow. He concerns me. I, he, I have a feeling he, he's he's quite upset about what happened yesterday. I'm sure. And you know what? They were very closed mouth today at their little. They didn't mm-hmm. they didn't practice. They don't practice anymore. Yep. But they had they they brought the guys out at their their facility for us to interview them. And, you know, people tried to ask, what'd you do against Twain Wade? What'd you do against Twain Wade? And they're all like, nope, we're not yeah. talking. Uh, because they know. They know that Wade's going to come out super aggressive, and they know that Wade's going to get calls because, you know, Dwayne Wade doesn't have games where he doesn't go to the free throw line, and rightfully so. So you know that's going to change in game four. They have to be ready for that. They have to be ready for him to just to, to explode tomorrow night. Um, you know, they did some nice things. They doubled him, of course, and, and, and got the ball out of his hands and, and that sort of thing. They also did a much better job in terms of defending those other guys, the Chalmerses and the, mm-hmm. the Battiers and the, the Millers. They, they got yes. away from a little bit, but they did a better job yes. defending the three-point line, which was huge. Agreed. And, and Shane Battier was just, uh, was just terrible. And, he, and I saw some of his, some of his quotes today about uh, trying to defend uh, the team, trying to defend KG. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't sound very confident. Tried, compared him with Hibbert, he's like, well, Hibbert's, you know, different kind of player, bigger, but but KG's faster, even though he's older. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's an interesting. Um, it was interesting comments from from Battier today. It's a. I, I'm just going to be uh, the chess game that goes on in in sports, and particularly this. I'm, I'm dying to see what the Heat do to try to contain Kevin Garnett tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big thing. And and let's give let's give let's give Doc some credit here. I feel like he has been coaching a heck of a series. And yes. You know, after the game last night, he looked he looked worn out and exhausted. Well, he's also hurting. I mean, he's got the herniated yeah. disc. I mean, he's got to be he's I mean, he's in severe pain as well. Plus, it's a highly emotional series. Uh, yeah. Like that. I, I also I got to tell. Usually, you know, the fans were just out of their minds last night, right from the get go. I mean, you mm-hmm. did not need any. They did not need any encouragement from the jumbotron. I thought it was terrific. You could just, you could just feel it. Uh, it the t- does, and uh, that that plays a huge part. I mean, it, it really does. When the crowd is that into it, when the crowd is reacting to every call, and, you know, frankly, I thought it was a normal NBA officiated game. There were some calls I didn't think were right and some mm-hmm. calls I thought, you know, they, they got right on the money and they all kind of evened out by the end of it. But when the crowd is like that, it does have an effect. It has an effect on the officials, and it has an effect on the, on the flow of the game. The players feed off it. I mean, you heard... You heard Garnett afterward. I'm sure that, you know, bleeped out and everything. But, um, no, the crowd was fantastic, and they're going to need it again because I feel like, you know, this is going to come down tomorrow night. I think it's going to be close, and they're going to have a chance. And if they can pull it off, unlike last year, then we got got ourselves a series. But it's not – I don't see them winning in a walk tomorrow night. I certainly don't see oh, that. I don't. Oh, I don't, I don't know how anybody can make any really big-time predictions one way or the other anyway. I think it'll be a highly competitive game. That's as far as I'm willing to go as far as about wins or who's going to win or who's going to lose. I think, it'll be, I think it will be a close game uh, within five or ten points. And 
and what I and I thought one of the most uh, the fascinating stat of the night too was LeBron got called for a foul 32 seconds in. <laughs> that was that, and you knew that was coming. That was something. That was something. I know. And and like I said before, I mean, you know, throughout his entire career, LeBron doesn't foul much, and and it's a credit to him. He's a really good defensive player who doesn't need to foul, and he doesn't. But Pierce got him twice. Pierce got him twice on that little duck in mm-hmm. that he likes to do, yep. which was you could see LeBron was like, "Really, you're going to get me for this twice?" Yeah. But no. Nah, so that that was good. That was good. So you know, but uh, the flip side of that is you know Dwayne Wade not going to the free throw line. Expect that to change. Absolutely. All right, Paul. Great stuff as always, and uh, we'll look forward to reading you uh, tomorrow. And um, you'll be at the game tomorrow night. So uh, we'll talk to you down the road. All right, Pete. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Paul Flannery from WEI.com. Yes, I see you guys lined up. 617-779-0850. Bill, Angelo, Tom, and the rest of you. I will get to you when we come back. Quick break. Sports Radio WEI. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.